0: nanotraps to capture coronavirus, how to track wildfire smoke, and genetically modified grasses are just a touch of what you'll hear about next on The Techno Optimist with Teresa Carey, a senior writer at Freethink.
1: This is The Techno Optimist. I'm Teresa Carey. Each week I'll share the latest news on how technology is solving some of the world's biggest problems even the problems that technology itself may have caused. My colleague, B. David Zarley, also a senior writer at Freethink, is joining me today to talk about a story he wrote about tiny particles that could help in the coronavirus fight. He wrote that a University of Chicago research team found that nanoparticles covered in bait can lure and trap the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 so that the immune system can then come in and destroy it. So, Brian... In your article, you said this approach was inspired by cancer cells. What does that mean? How does it work?
0: Uh, So basically, they cover the nanoparticles in bait that will attract the virus. Uh, The viruses are looking for something called ACE2, which is a protein that human cells make. And that's what they stick to to get into your cells. Uh, By covering the nanotrap in a whole bunch of ACE2, they can actually make the nanotrap a more likely target than the human cells. And then once the virus is stuck to these nanotraps, it actually sends out a signal that calls in the immune system to come and gobble them both up. That's pretty cool. They don't just trap it. They trap it and then be like, over here, like, you know, come eat me. And then the virus gets eaten up.
1: This study was conducted in mice and a donated set of lungs. Next, they're going to have to test it in larger animals and eventually in humans. And so if it proves to work for coronavirus, what does this mean for viruses, more broadly speaking?
0: So the great thing about this approach is that you can just sort of swap the bait out. All the viruses have something that they're looking for to attach to human cells. So if you can find the target that the other virus is looking for, you can put that on the nanotrap instead and trap a different bug.
1: Well, thanks so much for talking with me, Brian. And we've got some other news to cover. An atmospheric oddity called a temperature inversion gave scientists a rare window of opportunity for research. Typically, warm air is concentrated near the ground, and it gets cooler in the upper layers of the atmosphere. But, during Australia's bushfires, plumes of smoke absorbed the sun's energy and blocked it from reaching the earth. The air stayed cool near the ground, and also trapped the smoke there. Adrian Guyatt, a researcher at Monash University in Melbourne, happened to be looking at cell phone data for a rainfall study when all this happened. And as the low-lying banks of smoke spread across Australia, Guyot began to see distinct cell signal patterns. Instead of traveling in a straight line, like signals typically do, the signals bounced around in odd patterns. Guyot realized that the patterns were related to how much smoke was present, and that in the future, mobile phone signals could help detect bushfire smoke and potentially save lives. Who knew prairie grass could be a powerful sponge that cleans up toxic waste? Well, it can be, with a little genetic modification. Liz Rylett and her team at the University of York grafted genes from bacteria into a common prairie grass. They selected genes that were known to break down RDX, a compound that was used in military explosives like TNT during World War II. The researchers thought If these genes can break down RDX in bacteria, why not try them out in grass? Well, they tested their genetically modified grasses by growing them on contaminated soil at U.S. military sites. RDX happens to be very stable. It lasts a long time in the soil, and it can contaminate groundwater and threaten wildlife and humans. But after they planted their genetically modified grasses, they found that the plants soaked up and degraded the toxic compounds from RDX so much that toxins were barely detectable in the plant's tissues anymore. The next step would be approval by regulators so that the grass can be used more widely for cleaning up toxic sites around the country. Thanks for listening to The Techno-Optimist. I'm Teresa Carey, a senior writer at Freethink. The music is provided by Alex Jurgensen. I'll see you next week.